And this is Amplify You, the podcast about you discovering your message and broadcasting it. You're a coach, author, speaker, and you're looking for the best return on your time and investment. We're giving you full access to how we're running our podcast, how our clients have found success, and what you can do to launch your pod. We're brother and sister. Join our family as we unleash your unique genius and find the connections you need to launch your adventure. Let's get amplified. Welcome Amplify You family, Michelle Abraham here. I am super excited to bring you yet another amazing guest uh, today for you to enjoy. I have David Greer with me here. David is a long-time entrepreneur, over 35 years of business experience. He's an entrepreneurial coach. David has done some incredible things with his business. He is also the author of Wind in Your Sales, which is an amazing book that I've been looking at over the last few weeks. And it's vital strategies that accelerate your entrepreneurial growth. So basically, David's taken his 35 years of business experience, distilled it down, and really made sure that we're not going to make the same mistakes that he did. And other people just really really concrete solid strategies for our business so David welcome to the show today and thanks for being here with us today hi Michelle thanks so much you're welcome and David we decided today to talk about something that is happening in our world outside the world and uh, you know liking to keep the topics on a longevity basis so we're not specifically talking about current events today but we are going to talk about leadership in a crisis situation so things are happening in our outside world in the current events right now and although we're not going to dive into the details of that we want to kind of let our entrepreneurs know what are some things that they can do to help prepare uh, for things that happen outside of their control in the world of business. So in times of crisis, things are rapidly changing all around us and there's nothing we can do about that. Uh, but we're still the leaders of our company. And especially for those of you who have people who work for you, uh, everyone is going to be looking to you as the business owner, as the entrepreneur uh, for your leadership. So this is a time for you to come from a place of being really grounded, um, regardless of how fearful you are of the business, uh, you want to try and show up with at least some positivity and also to be authentic, like it's okay to be afraid. And I think you need to share that with your employees. And ultimately I write about in Wind In Your Sales, um, leaders set the tone. So, um, you know, however you show up is how people are going to respond. And so I think that's important every single day. You know, if you actually have a bad drive into the office and you're mad at a lot of people and you come into the office that way, my experience is people will think the business is failing. Like you just had a bad drive. And of course today with the things that are happening in our world, it would be very easy to show up like you had something way worse than a bad drive. And so it takes conscious intention and thought to show up differently. So that's right. um, that's, that's kind of one of the first things is leaders set the tone. Yeah, I think that's a really great point because, you know, however, so much is on the leader's plate always. It's always important for us to rise above that and really like ex exclude, like exhume the, the leadership qualities that we would like to see in other leaders ourselves. And I think that's something that, you know, amidst the 
many crazy things of happening in either your business or your world or a combination of both, or like you said, the drive in, I think that's so important to keep that in mind when you're, uh, when you're a leader and, uh, you know, for us leaders who are podcasters too, I think now is the time to, uh, you know, rise up and really, you know, speak to your audience and be a calm, a calm ground for, uh, for people to hear your voice and listen to what you have to say and uh, really, you know, just be, be the leader that you want to, you want to see in other people too. That's super important right now. And then, you know, in the bigger picture, I was uh, reading some recommendations from another author leader that I know of, Vern Harnish. He has a couple books, um, Rockefeller Habits and Scaling Up. And, you know, his number one thing when he, he's interviewed, uh, a number of CEOs in the last week and it's communication. Like that's the thing that employees are looking for mm -hmm. is, you know, even if you don't know, if you're telling them, you don't know, at, at least they're hearing from you and it's not all about, uh, you know, just kind of big empty space. And his recommendation was that you're communicating with people at least once a day mm -hmm. in this kind of situation to even twice a day because events are just changing at such a speed yeah. uh, that um, people just need to and want to hear more. Yeah, or so. hear from you too. Like, uh, uh, and I think like here, uh, people I think in their minds are going to worst case scenarios, like they're gonna be laid off, the business is closing, we're not doing well. And I think, I think that communication is so important so them to, to feel a little bit reassured about their, their, their current working situations too. Yeah. And again, in the middle of this, you may not know what exactly, like how many people you're having to lay off. Uh, I certainly wouldn't want to be a CEO of an airline at the moment, mm -hmm. uh, which I think is an incredibly tough job in the best of times. Mm -hmm. um, but you have to communicate as best you know what's going on in the moment and just keep people informed as best you can. Because if you don't tell them, then they'll just always assume the worst. Mm -hmm. And so it's up to you to keep that communication. And even in good times, I'm a believer in entrepreneurs, like sending out a weekly email update mm -hmm. to all employees. Uh, it is easy, you know, when you're the entrepreneur, you are like the biggest lever in the business. So little tiny motions that you make have these totally disproportionate kind of stirring of the ocean, mm -hmm. if you like, um, you know, two or three levels down below you, or even if, you know, I, one of my most successful companies was only 20 people, but even then a lot of them were remote. It's so easy to not be staying in touch uh, and for people to not be feeling that they're part of the whole. So even in regular times, I recommend like sending a weekly update um, against your plans for the quarter and where you are and, and mm -hmm. the other like key pieces of information uh, for the week. That's a great strategy. And for some companies that are having to pivot to remote working these days as, as the CEO or the entrepreneur at the head of the, at the, the wheel of the ship, what do you, uh, what do you suggest uh, are some other strategies that we can do to really uh, make sure that, that our team is all on board and, and working together from a remote locations? I think that especially for people who have not uh, regularly work remotely. I think there's the whole social isolation piece uh, that people are not, they're not 
used to being by themselves. They're used to that social interaction. So as a leader I th and as, as an entrepreneur, I think you have to find ways. So for your first reports, that means like talking to every person on the phone once a day. And then for all the people who report to them, they're talking on the phone once a day. And, you know, I think you need to encourage people to be spending maybe a little more time actually on the phone or video conferencing together, even at possibly the expense of some lost productivity, but it's more important to keep the teamwork together and to keep the feeling of camaraderie together. Mm. And so you may, you probably will actually need to set some rules around that and then monitor it. Like, like folks, I really want you to actually talk to each other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, cause I believe this is how you're going to stay healthy and well. And, and this is how we're going to get through it together. Right. Yeah. That's a great, great point. And I think goodness for technologies like zoom these days, like I heard the, uh, the, the CEO of Zoom actually just opened up his, opened up a free, his platform free to schools and educations that were shut down during this time that they could use Zoom uh, to communicate with their classrooms, which I think that was a great idea. So thank goodness we have the technology now to be able to communicate with our, with our teams in a, in a remote setting. I remember I was so excited to get, uh, to work from home and uh get working from home and after a few months of working at home you know like you slowly like deteriorate yourself like confidence like you decided you don't you know you don't you don't even get dressed anywhere you just go right to your work in your pajamas and like there's something to be said from like having to get up get dressed get ready for work even if it is just at your kitchen table <laughs> it's just that you know you feel more productive in the day and you feel better about yourself too and working from home sometimes can have that isolating effect on you so that's a great great to keep in mind <laughs> yeah and i've worked at home pretty much continuously since 1982 mm. um and you know kind of worked remotely and virtually long before it was uh, kind of a thing and long before we had video chat i'll say that yeah <laughs> uh, and um i can't just what you said is is really important is to establish routines that work for you mm. but you know getting up at the same time um moving into work mode at the same time um dressing appropriately like maybe you dress less a little less more casual than you would if you were going into the office but you still want to be in work mode there's also a flip side to that i think it's very important if you're in a family situation is you need to help your family understand when you are in work mode mm -hmm. and they need to understand it's like you've gone to the office like no you can't interrupt me at any time right like when I come out of the office, ask me and maybe I can be interrupted. Um, and I will take a break, you know, mid morning or mid afternoon and for lunch when we can talk, but otherwise I'm working. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, I found that it's, it's very helpful if you can find a room to go work in where you can close the door. Mm -hmm. I know it sounds like crazy, but <laughs> when you're at the kitchen table and the family is at home, yeah. it's, it's, it's very hard for them to not, like interrupt you um or or if you have younger children like uh, when we earlier in my life i traveled by sailboat while homeschooling our kids and you know you'd be working and they wanted to step on the chair and look over your shoulder and see what you're doing yeah because they're just they're curious yeah. and you, you kind of want to share that it's like you know bringing your children to work day but it's every day and yeah. then and you still you need to have boundaries around that so 
that's a really important piece just in general about working at home. Yeah, definitely recognizing that these days with the schools on spring break or like closures and like everyone's home and like even recording, even just, you know, you saw right before this, I was like, hey guys, I'm recording. Shh. <laughs> you know, it makes it really challenging. At the same time, it's so nice to have, I feel like a little bit of a break where we have more family time too, like we are closer as a family. And so even though it is those breaks when I'm coming in and out of the room, I still get to see them more than I would if I was working from the office. So I think I cherish that. I do think that that, that, that is a great thing, the great thing to have. However, the productivity has definitely gone downhill. <laughs> so if we come back to, to kind of crisis management, whether the crisis is like something drastic has happened, you've lost one of your key customers, mm -hmm. or, you know, right now we're in a global pandemic. So we have a really, a, undefined you know external crisis that we're dealing with um, so the first piece i think for as an entrepreneur is you do have to slow down and stop it's not business as usual mm -hmm. um, and you need to stabilize your environment mm -hmm. and and stabilize it using the best knowledge that you have uh, on the day uh, whether your plans should be completely impacted or not uh, I was talking to an entrepreneur yesterday. Um, their client is in the construction business in the U.S. One of this is one of their clients who is 75% of their revenue, mm -hmm. and their client had already warned them that they are estimating their business to be down 50% over the next year. And so, you know, the CEO, the entrepreneur, was like, "Okay, so we're going to be 75%. We're going to be half of that." But it turns out. You know, they talked to the, he talked yesterday to the CEO of the company who said, the work we're doing with you is so strategically important to us. Mm -hmm. And we know that as soon as we have an upturn, we need to have this totally turned on and dialed in and we're not cutting you back at all. Right. So again, it's easy to get into that negative, um, everything will be bad. And if it is bad, you, you know, a lot of coaching I do with entrepreneurs, I say, you have to face the brutal facts. Mm -hmm. And that's really tough. But I would say 50% of my work with entrepreneurs is getting the brutal facts on the table. Mm -hmm. Because once they're there, you actually can do something about it. But when you're hiding from it, you're just trying to treat symptoms and, and trying to work around it. And um, so you do have to face those brutal facts. Uh, but do take the time to actually find out whether they're true. Like this, this entrepreneur had already gone to the worst, you know, a big worst case scenario that, you know, he probably should have spent a little bit of time thinking about because he might lose all the 25% of the rest of his revenue. But um, it wasn't the actual brutal fact. The facts changed. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this time is a time to stabilize, figure out how to get to the end of the quarter, which is only a couple of weeks and maybe a little bit beyond that. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm a big believer in quarterly planning mm -hmm. and, you know, 13 weeks is what an actual quarter is. Mm -hmm. 13 weeks deep weeks is enough time to get a lot of stuff done. Um, and it's enough time then to reprioritize if you have a rhythm of regular planning. So in this time of stabilization, I think you also need to revisit your plans probably every week and see whether you're on track, whether things are changing. And then as soon as you have any more visibility out of that, you want to, again, reset and figure out your top four or five priorities for the next 13 weeks. 
Yeah, and those priorities going into the next quarter, maybe maybe you see a lot of your businesses that you work with pivoting uh, to maybe meet the new demands of things that are going on or, you know, like not be a service that people are canceling or like, I mean, for co business coaches, we might see the ripple down effect soon. Whereas, you know, we are, we are essential for businesses as coaches, but sometimes, you know, that might be one of the first things that they, they let go. Have you seen any sort of those kind of movements in the businesses you work with? There's no, um, uh, I mean, I, I'd say the ones I'm working with have, um, they're fortunate. They have very deep pockets. Mm -hmm. um, they're fairly well-funded mm -hmm. and they're working on longer strategic plans. Mm -hmm. and so this may give them a little more runway and like to go invent the next thing that they're in the middle of inventing, mm -hmm. um, which would be a, a bonus. Uh, but it, it, I don't see it really fundamentally changing their plans except for, you know, people having to work at home when it's an environment where you need to actually, they work like I have one client has a lot of physical prototyping machinery. Mm -hmm. So people need to actually be there to physically work the machinery. Uh, and so they could, their timelines might fall behind because right. people have to work at home. Um, but I don't see their markets, like what they're trying to build for and where they see their markets going. Mm -hmm. So far, I don't think that's going to change just because of the nature of what they're going after. But that's just some of my clients. Again, it's, right. it's so situational mm -hmm. that you know, you have to take it like some business coaches, um, people are going to be desperate for a, an extra set of eyes and ears and, and the outside perspective that we bring. Mm -hmm. And they're going to cherish that and want to keep us and others. It's like, I got to just cut everything. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if it's not absolutely totally mainstream to the business, then, you know, sorry, you have to get cut. And, and if, again, it's just, it's situational for each entrepreneur. Yeah. Very much uh, so. We've seen some uh, businesses pivot more towards thinking, uh, thinking that uh, how they're going to communicate with their audience now through podcasting. Uh, we've had quite a few people this week that have decided that now is the time to get on the platform because they're going to be able to, to, to be rise up and be the leader that their, their community needs right now, where this is a good platform for them to be out. So have you noticed any other opportunities in a time of crisis that are, are arising? So you've already given, so this is my advice to entrepreneurs. Once you've like spent some time thinking about the stabilization, mm -hmm. what you have to do with employees, whether you can keep them employed, whether you have to lay them off. I mean, these, I don't yep. want to diminish any of these really tough, big decisions. Tough decisions, yeah. But it's really easy to stay mired in kind of the negativity, the change, and instead, like I remember out of the 2008 uh, crash, you know, the ones who really succeeded were the ones that started looking ahead, started looking around at opportunities. Now, you've already identified two on this, uh, on our talk today. Mm -hmm. So the first one you identified was the Zoom. Mm -hmm. So Zoom opened up its platform to all, uh, all students and educators uh, to have, I think it's free, Zoom calls up to 40 minutes. Yeah. So think about that from a marketing perspective. You're creating hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of potential future customers mm -hmm. uh, by making this very, I mean, it's a very generous offer. So I, I've seen the Zoom actually covered in, in mainstream news media. So 
you know, the CEO is, is clearly taken this idea of let's find a way to leverage this current situation into future opportunities. Um, or is what you're seeing, people are going, hey, just a sec, we're not allowed to get together. We, mm -hmm. you know, we can't have more than X number of people together. We can't be more than, you know, six feet, two meters, you know, close to each other. Mm -hmm. So what other platforms and ways do we have to communicate and interact with people? Oh, there's this thing called podcasting. <laughs> so it doesn't, right? And, and it doesn't surprise me that um, people are reaching out to you who maybe were sitting on the fence or even didn't have any plans for podcasting, but it's now, you know, there's gonna be a lot of people with time likely on their hands to be able to listen to more podcasts. Yeah. Or there might be an opportunity to acquire a competitor at like mm -hmm. 10 cents on the dollar or like uh, again i've got some clients with very very expensive pieces of machinery mm -hmm. and you know if some of your um they, they don't say have to even be competitors they're just people who need that kind of machinery but if you notice that there's an industry where they're going to be particularly hard hit you may be able to acquire some of those really expensive pieces of equipment for one one hundredth on the dollar and again, to the bold will go the, the spoils. In this time of turmoil, I think it's the ones who look beyond the immediate challenge and the immediate noise, of which there can be a lot, and look beyond to say, let's assume we're gonna come out of this okay, mm -hmm. and there's gonna be even more opportunity for my business, so how can I take advantage of this situation to better position me for wherever we end up next? Yeah. And it takes, a, you know, that's again, showing up in the office, I talked about, you know, leaders setting the tone and bringing conscious choice to that. It also takes like a lot of mental effort to pause in the middle of this crisis change and say, ah, but there is going to be opportunities mm -hmm. uh, and let's go look at them. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's uh, don't panic. Mm -hmm. Like, like somehow, you know, we will all get through this. I don't know what it will look. I can't say for a given business whether you'll survive or fail. That's very, very specific to a business. Um, I do know that life will go on. And some of my emails to people today is just, um, you know, hug your family, stay close to them because come hell or high water, they'll still be there. Right. And, uh, and, you know, remember what's really important. Yeah, this may even just be the slowdown that everyone needs to reconnect with their families and their loved ones too. And uh, I want to I want to go back on a conversation a little bit here, and you kind of glazed over it a little bit. And I was waiting to waiting to bring this up. I want to talk about what it was like as a business owner being on a sailboat with your kids and working as you guys were traveling around the world. I think that something that I need to bring up and, and we just got to dive into that a little bit here. So tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So for two years, uh, my wife and I lived on a sailboat in the Mediterranean mm -hmm. and homeschooled our three kids. Uh, now my wife wasn't working at the time and uh, it was during the dot-com meltdown. So really I was not doing very much work. Uh, I was doing a lot of outreach and staying in touch with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I did keep it. I, I wrote an online diary because blogging hadn't yet been invented, mm -hmm. but I basically created the equivalent of a blog uh, that tracked our whole adventure. And uh, 
What was interesting, you know, that was another big downturn in the industry where I've spent most of my time, which is mm -hmm. high tech. And when I came back after two years, people said to me, David, in the last two years, you're like the only positive news that I had. Mm, interesting. And, and so that was, you know, it really positioned me like people wanted to talk to me. Yeah. When I came back and things were picking up because they'd had this positive experience from me for two years. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and, you know, uh, just keeping a boat moving, um, the, you know, there's just so many aspects to running a sailboat that your kids mm -hmm. become part of, whether that's where are we going to go next, the navigation for that, mm -hmm. uh, then it's the wind forecasting, like to keep the boat safe. Uh, so you may have decided, you know, a couple of days ago that we're going to go to ABC, but if this morning we get up and the wind is uh, way too strong and coming directly from the direction of where ABC is, uh, it's probably, the choices are probably better to stay put yeah. or go pick a DEF, right. <laughs> whatever, whatever that is. Um, you know, sailing is about, you, you can sail upwind, but it's really hard work and mm -hmm. it's really slow. And sometimes it's just a lot easier to see which way the wind wants to blow you and go follow that. Yeah, I can imagine there was some a lot of life lessons learned out of those two years uh, being at sea together as a family. Uh, what would you say have been the biggest things for your kids, uh, have being homeschooled for two years and being with you guys uh, on such an adventure? What were some of the best things that came out of that for them? Uh, what I've seen with them is that they come from a very grounded place. They know who they are. Uh, because they spent two years, we did 18 months without being in an English speaking country. Mm -hmm. uh, we're two, two years away from media, from what's the popular song, what's the popular television show. Um, and so they just, they figured out a lot more about who they were as people mm -hmm. without outside influences, like, you know, just family. And then we did meet up with some other uh, traveling families from time to time. And I think it gave them a level of confidence, uh, belief in themselves. And so I find that they, you know, relative to their peers of the same age, they're more mature, they're more forward looking. I mean, they're now in their 20s and 30s, but um, I just see this show up in a lot of consistent ways. And then, you know, even in the current crisis we're in, the discussions tend to be much more global in scale. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, even just not looking where you and I are talking in Canada. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot happening south of the border of us in the United States. And because our economies are tightly linked, it'll have a big impact on us. And I still find with my kids, we're still like talking about what's happening in Europe. Right. Um, and my kids have also traveled in Asia. So we, we bring in, we almost automatically talk in a more global perspective. Right. Right. Um, because you just have you just have this different viewpoint uh, of the world, having mm -hmm. traveled and lived in in you know Mediterranean Europe for two years. Yeah, I love that. And how about you for in business? Have were there any of those things that you learned while you were in the sailboat with the family, brought back and really implemented into to business growth and strategies that you use with your clients now? Uh, some some is definitely just resiliency. <laughs> like when you're in a when you're in a sailboat and you're in the middle of the Adriatic Sea in the middle of the night and there's a, a 75 mile wide thunderstorm in front of you, like you you know your the lives of the people most important to your life are at stake. So like 
there aren't many times in business where the stakes are that high, yeah. unless you're in healthcare mm -hmm. or in medical supplies or pharma, but it's, it's pretty rare for, a, and so that helps me keep decisions right-sized. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll even say to entrepreneurs, like, no one will die because we make the wrong decision here. Okay. Like, <laughs> let, let's right-size what it is that we're deciding. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's some resiliency. And then, you know, there is a lot of metaphors. The way you, you travel on the ocean in a slow boat, which is what a sailboat is, mm -hmm. uh, is it only travels at about seven miles an hour or 10 kilometers an hour. So that's pretty slow. You, know, you could run about that fast. Um, if you're a, if you're fit, <laughs> uh, is you know you need a vision for where you're going. So you know we have this vision of basically covering most of the Mediterranean, and so you know you might have a vision in three weeks we want to go to this country from the country we're in, but then you have to break it down into all the intermediate steps, and that's why I'm this big believer in a framework that I use, you know cause ask you to look out like three to six years where you want to go with your business mm -hmm. and get clear like where are you generally trying to point the ship and then in one year like clearly where you need to be in one year so mm -hmm. that you can get to where you want to go in three or six and then everything really becomes about the next quarter and that's in a sailboat the sailing analogy is like your next waypoint your next mm -hmm. place where you're going to do a turn mm -hmm. um, so for people who understand something about boating and about routing and planning, uh, those can be really useful analogies. Yeah. Um, and and so uh, I sometimes use that in my my work as well. I love it. And the wind in your sails is clearly a great title for your book. And <laughs> and the book is not about sailing. It's about yeah. my business. Every single chapter own is a sailing story that I think illustrates. Uh, the topic that I'm trying to get across in the chapter. Yeah, I love it. It's great. It's a great read. Well, David, thank you so much for bringing uh, bringing your knowledge and expertise and all your many years of business expertise and really just shedding some light on like how to be a great leader, how to rise up in a crisis situation and that we're in globally at the moment. And, you know, in any situation that arises in your life, you can apply the same, these same principles uh, to business life, personal life, you know, family situations. So I really want to thank you for uh, coming today on to Amplify You and sharing your extreme knowledge with us. So thank you. Well, thank you. It's been fabulous. Yeah, that's awesome. And where can we find out more information about you, David? Where would you like our listeners to follow you, follow you along your journey? Uh, probably easiest is my website, uh, coachdjgreer.com. And it's for my two initials, David James. Uh, and from there, I have links to all of my social media. Perfect. Uh, and uh, every page uh, has my email address so it, and my phone number. So it's easy. So call or write. I would love to hear from you. Awesome. Yeah, I love it. So give David some love and go follow him. Send him a message. And uh, thanks again, David, for being with us. We hope to have you back again sometime. Super. Thanks so much. Thank you, family, for joining us on this adventure. If you're ready to share your message with the world, head over to mypodcastcoach.com to download your free podcast launch plan. And head over to iTunes to like, subscribe, and review so we can spread this message. Until next time, be your own unique genius.